What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Final Four is not on the schedule. Michigan State beats Oakland 109-91. And... Rod, the first half of this one was pretty tight. They go in 40 to 44 at halftime. Um, uh, and then come out and Aaron Henry makes the switch over, uh, on their guard and, and for the most part shuts him down. I mean, they hit all sorts of crazy threes all game, but, um, pretty good. A lot of points. What was your takeaway? I'm not as thrilled <laughs> as you were. There, there were certainly things that Michigan State did well, but um, I do think Oakland hit a lot of tough shots. So I'm not going to disagree with that. Rashad Williams especially. But, you know, here's the thing. When you got a guy who hits tough shots, that changes the way you got to guard him. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State in that first half – was out to lunch way too often. And I never thought they did a good job the entire game containing the dribble. Um, Very disappointed with that. Rocket Watts, although he did some really good things in the second half offensively, I didn't think he was very good defensively. That's got to change. Disappointing to me. And then... Mm. The result isn't, you know, an 18-point win, okay, Oakland's been playing better. I didn't expect Michigan State to go out and beat them by 50. You know, they they were within 13 of Oklahoma State. They took Michigan to overtime, as as we've said, in two of their three most recent games. So uh, they're clearly playing better. And, and the biggest difference in that, I think, is that Rashad Williams is lately now physically right. He wasn't early in the year. He was banged up. Even against Michigan, he didn't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that 10-for-20 performance from three against Oklahoma State. Well, I guess that's not a fluke. But but the point is, you're going to see some guys in the Big Ten who can get hot, too. You know, I just watched Io DeSunmu in a loss last night put up 36 against Missouri uh, for Illinois. That's a guy who can heat up in a hurry. There's lots of guys in the Big Ten. Uh-huh. I'm not saying Rashad Williams isn't a very good player. He is, but that's kind of the point. You're going to see a lot of very good players, and Michigan State was just a 
day late and a dollar short in that first half. Now, the second half, you're right, they did a better job with them, and a lot of that was down to Aaron Henry. But there's only one Aaron Henry. <laughs> so when you're facing Big Ten teams, they'll usually have more than one guy that can hurt you. And that's why it's imperative. Rocket, got to get back to who he was last season. And frankly, at times earlier this season, it's Notre Dame and Duke. I thought he was pretty good defensively. He has not been good the last two games. Um, Josh Langford, eh, you know, not great today defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabe Brown had some moments, but he also had some moments of inconsistency. I, honestly, other than Aaron Henry, yeah. you know who their best defensive player was, in my opinion? Foster Lawyer. Foster yeah, Lawyer two took like three charges and and really didn't get shook much when he was out there. And he was guarding more, their point guard, for the most part. So I, that says something, though. That shouldn't be the case. So I was very disappointed with that. Very, very disappointed with the turnovers. That I, I'll tell you this. I can't wait to get in Big Ten play if for no other reason than we'll mostly be done facing zones yeah i mean this was a this was a very aggressive zone i give oakland credit and we said in the preview this is what they do they force turnovers they were averaging just under 16 forced turnovers a game msu had 18 that doesn't make it okay michigan state's got to be better and a lot of them were just a result of indecision a guy catching the ball not sure whether to put it on the floor or pass or shoot you can't play indecisively against any kind of zone can't do it it's death you know, and uh, and that was a problem today. Aaron Henry, for all the good things he did, and he did a lot of them, he had a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Hauser did a lot of good things, made some mistakes with the ball. They can't do that because they are going to, although the Big Ten is mostly still a man league, thank God, um, there are a few teams. I think the only one that might play anything close to that kind of aggression is Penn State, and theirs is more of like a three-quarter court trapping thing. It's a little different than this was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Iowa's going to play a lot of zone this year, I think. Um, and uh, you might see Nebraska do it. That should be about it. Let's hope to God. And, and it's, you know, I say this on the day where Michigan State put up, what was it, 109 points. Obviously, when they weren't kicking it around, they didn't have a lot of problems. Yeah. You know? But... It, it's still. I just want to see him play real basketball. <laughs> I'm just. I'm a little tired of. We, we've seen enough of it. Okay, we get it. They've had enough practice against zones. Let's let's go back to real basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the turnovers and the defense to me were two really disappointing things, and you got to shore that up. Uh, well, the good news is they did um, have a much better. Night shooting wise, fifty one from the floor, forty four from the three point line, ninety four from the line as the team. Uh, yeah, I, I've got forty. Team. I've got forty one percent from three. But oh yeah, that's the, yeah, that's what I got. Fifteen to thirty seven. Yeah, they shot the ball well, and the three point shooting was actually you know one of our keys, of course, to get multiple guys rolling. Well, that happened tonight. Mm-hmm. They did get it from multiple guys, so that's a that's a good sign. I actually thought. Though that it was, you know, again, I know I'm complaining after 109 points, but I thought that they settled in that first half a lot for threes. And they hit some of them. But when you're facing a 1-3-1, which is what Oakland was playing, 
that that second one is the guy on the back line. Mm-hmm. And if you move the ball well and you and you've got a it's usually called a runner that's on the baseline. If that guy is active enough, you should be able to get a lot of things done at the rim. And Michigan State really didn't. Now in the second half, you saw a little more of that. Gabe Brown did it a couple of times. You should either one of two things should happen. Either you should get things at the rim or you should get a lot of open corner looks. Uh-huh. And they got a lot more of that, especially from Gabe. Um, in the second half, but I thought the first half that was a little disappointing. They were, even though they shot well, they were still just a little too willing to settle mm-hmm. um, from deep. I would have preferred. I always feel that way about going up against the zone. It's three point shots present themselves, and we talked about it in the preview. Oakland has been giving up a lot of attempts, and they've been giving up a high percentage of makes. Both of those things happen again today. That's what happens against zones like theirs. You know, if they don't force a turnover. They're going to probably give up a pretty clean look. But I, I thought MSU was just a little bit impatient mm-hmm. with that. That would have been, that would have been my thought. Uh, you know, I, other than Gabe Brown's 20 points, which was obviously awesome for him finding his shot, I think Josh Langford had, maybe had his best offensive game tonight. Josh was, Josh was pretty good. I mean, he was only two for seven from three, so he's capable of doing better than that. Mm-hmm. But he was three for three on twos. Uh, ended up with, so what did he get? So 13, that was six, five 12, boards 13 points, five boards. Yeah, four assists. Yeah, Josh was, Josh was pretty good. You're, you're right. Um, offensively. I think defensively, um, they, they used him a lot in the first half on Williams. I didn't think he was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, against a normal player, MSU's defensive focus was fine. But they were not facing a normal player. They were facing a very good scorer who was clearly, clearly still in the zone from their last game. And we said he went 10 for 20 from three against, uh, against Oklahoma State. And in this game, 8 for 17. So that's over two games, um, 18 for 37. That's crazy. That's like, <laughs> that's like half a season for some guys. You know, so you got to be a little better. You just have to be better. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but if you're the kind of defensive team that Michigan State purports to be, you have the capability of being better, and they just weren't. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. I mean, for as much as, and I, I'm guilty of it, I talked about this team having the potential to be among the best defensive groups Izzo's had. Not according to the stats, not yet. Yeah. I thought they were really good for a lot of the game against Notre Dame. I thought they were really good for a lot of the game against Duke. Other than that, eh. They're, after this one, I looked at the stats. And again, Ken Palm kind of limited at this stage because we don't yet have enough data. I'm not going to really feel good about Ken Palm uh, until we're maybe four or five games into Big Ten play. I think it typically takes double-digit games mm-hmm. to get you to where it's truly telling you something, but Michigan State is going to fall out of the top 30 defensively after this game. There's no doubt. But looking at what Oakland did, no doubt in my mind. So that's why I let off with that. That's a really, really disappointing thing because there's no excuse for it. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm seeing guys like Rocket Watts and Josh Langford not able to contain people off the drive, that, that's, that shouldn't happen. So a lot of work to do. Josh, mm-hmm. really good offensively. Had a, had a, a couple of nice rebounds. 
pass the ball well, but defensively, man, he's the only guy who I think played a reasonable defensive game. The only two guys were Aaron Henry and Foster Lawyer. Everybody else stunk, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Just terrible. And Aaron he committed Henry, a ton of fouls, too. Filling That's up the stats. another sign of a problem. Again, 15-5-5, two blocks, three steals, although he did have six turnovers. Yes, and, and defensively really good. But, yeah, the other things, he really stuffed the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, still struggling with the three. He hit two of them, but he took seven. And he was a guy that I thought settled a little bit at times. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully this is going to be better days. <laughs> but Aaron, other than the turnovers, was really good. But they can't, they can't afford that from him. Uh-huh. He's one of their best playmakers. So he has to be more focused than that. And he was the guy most guilty of what I saw as the indecision problem. Mm. He'd kind of start looking to, looking to go off the dribble into a gap, and then they'd collapse on him, which happens with the 1-3-1 because you've got all those guys right there at that spot on the floor typically. And he just wouldn't know what to you know. Sometimes he'd force the dribble into traffic. Sometimes he'd, he just would get indecisive. It was, it was not pretty. Mm-hmm. Although, you know what I really liked about his game um, that he showed a couple times was that Euro step. Oh, yeah. That no, he's a really he's, good weapon for him. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm not I'm not saying that Aaron Henry or, or Michigan State played a completely miserable game. It's just there are some things that you just can't have mm-hmm. that showed up. You know, Aaron Henry should not feel great about this game. He should feel okay. He did a lot of good things. You're right. The Euro step has been a very effective weapon for him. He was finishing better at the rim today. Um, although the percentage wasn't great, he did hit a couple threes. That's good to see. Mm-hmm. Have it go through the rim a couple times. Um, you know, and, and obviously made a lot of plays for others, But and the defense was pretty good. But, um, yeah, that ball handling, just six turnovers. I mean, you just can't have it. Can't have it. Uh, not a whole lot from Kithier today. 11 minutes, three fouls. Um, he's been having a little bit of a rough streak here, Rod. Uh, well, he had he had six points in the in the game against Western, so I don't know. He's been he's been up and down in mm-hmm. terms of what kind of production. I, I do think this about Thomas. What I was disappointed in today um, is there were a couple of times where he got the ball at the rim and he didn't even look to take it up. He was looking to kick it out. And that's fine. He's a good passer, and that's a, an important part of his game. But he had point blank looks that he just passed on. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that needs to change for him. But MSU played a lot of guys. He was, and again, part of it is if you're not looking inside against that zone, your big guys aren't going to get a lot of opportunities. So yeah. I'm not saying that Thomas completely gets off the hook because, as I say, there were a couple of opportunities he had. But um, they weren't really, in the first half especially, they, they weren't effectively moving the ball down low at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and Rocket Watts, um, you know, tough shooting night, 4 for 11, 1 for 7 for 3. Um, although he did have 6 assists to 2 turnovers. Yeah, I, you know, in spurts, I thought he played well. He had he had a, a spurt offensively in the second half, not just scoring either, but but creating opportunities for others as you say six assists i thought he had he had spurts where he played very well it was a disjointed game for him because he got into foul trouble early 
Rich in yeah. the first half. I think he sat with about 11 or 12 minutes to go in the half, something like that. And then he came back in later in the first half, but he, it took a while for him to kind of find his legs. Um, but defensively, that's where I have the problems. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I thought he was really bad defensively in that second half when he played a lot and when he was doing things well at the offensive end, he wasn't guarding anybody. I mean, the Moore kid, who was a good player, um, didn't do very much in the first half. They kept him, so that means Rocket wasn't guarding him much. He ended up with 26. He ended up with 26 points, and he got the bulk of those in the second half, a lot of them against Rocket. I just, yeah, not not good. Not good. He's Rocket Watts can't even just be an average defender. He has to be the kind of defender he was last season, and we've seen him be in spots this year. I don't know what the problem is, but this is two straight games where I felt he was way substandard mm-hmm. defensively. Can't happen. I'm saying that a lot, but seriously, for big, if you're going to be a Big Ten title contender and a Final Four contender, these things can't happen. And we're we're six games in now. It's time to start getting some of them cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Malik Hall played a, a, a pretty good game. 16 minutes, 10 points, seven or six rebounds, an assist. Uh, he knocked down a three-pointer. Um, I, I think he's really good. Again, I think he's good in general, but I think he's really a good player against zones because mm-hmm. he's strong with the ball when he gets it, so he's not as subject to some of these turnover problems. And he's got a versatile enough offensive game that uh you know he can do damage um from a lot of different spots on the floor you saw, you saw him hit a 3 which i think is his first of the season um so that was uh that was big um but he's you know he hits he hits a nice he's got a nice mid-range game he hit a couple of those um Went through. I think. I think scored through uh, on an old-fashioned three-point play in traffic. So, yeah, pretty good game. Pretty good game from Malik. I, I liked. I liked the way he played. But I generally like the way he plays. There's, there's not. A, there's not typically a lot of mistakes being made. Uh, and then Foster, ten points, seven assists, zero turnovers. Um, I thought. Three I thought. Three. Other than you know the the uh, Eastern Michigan explosion, uh, this was the best game of the year for him because as I mentioned. He did a pretty good job defensively. I mean, he didn't get blown by the way Rocket Watts did tonight, today, I yeah. should say. Um, and again, took charges. I thought played relatively solid at that end. And offensively, you know, he hit the shots that were there to hit mm-hmm. and moved the ball well. I thought offensively, you know, even against that aggressive um, 1-3-1 that, that Oakland played, I thought he handled it pretty well. Yeah. And he got to the line four times, which yeah, a lot of and, that came on when people were put, you know, pressuring him hard and they wind up fouling, whereas maybe in years past he gets flustered and loses that. He's able to draw Toss the foul last time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, pretty good game for Foster. The MSU, you know, with Rocket not playing his best, MSU got pretty good basketball out of the two guys who back him up, Lawyer, and I, and I thought it was easily Hogard's best game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bingham, 10 minutes, three points, two rebounds, one for three, two turnovers. Yeah, and he missed a couple looks right at the rim. Uh, you know, the one he made was 
um, off a, a foster lawyer pass where he had to go way up and extend and get it, and he managed to control it and, and guide it into the into the bucket. Very impressive play. Um, not a not a great game for Markey, but again, I I don't want to make excuses, but you're, you're playing teams that you know. There's a lot of times he's guarding a six six guy who's going to look to drive him, and it's just it's a different brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. playing some of these teams and so we'll, mark's going to have his moments you know in the big 10 when you're facing these teams with more conventional size i'm not i'm not worried about that i think i think his play in general is probably going to continue to be up and down but i i don't measure a lot by what goes on in a game like this for him because i just don't think he's built for it mm-hmm. which you know you could say is a problem and i wouldn't disagree you know, you need guys who can play against anybody, right? But he's, this is just not a game that favors him particularly. Because he's not the, – the thing you would say about a seven-footer against a team like this is, well, shouldn't you dominate around the rim? Well, that's – Marcus doesn't have the strength to do that mm. or the bulk to just – you know, and, and by the way, even guys who do, I, I've been talking about it a little bit on the Spartan Mag board, but I've seen Illinois play a lot already this year. Yeah. Kofi Coburn has a problem this year. And it was it was there last year too at times, but I didn't see it as much. Um, he can't. He's not effective against small ball lineups. He really struggles. He struggles to move defensively. He's not. A, he has not been dominating in terms of rebounding, and he's not been getting his on offense against those lineups. So even guys who are built physically to do that can struggle. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, AJ Hogard. Eight only eight minutes, ten points, uh, three rebounds and assists. He knocked down a three, perfect from the field. Got a block. Um, I thought he played really well. You know, he got some first half minutes because Rocket was in foul trouble, um, and I thought he held he held up okay during that stretch. The second half, he was much better. He was assertive offensively. Had a great pass on a lob. You know, I mentioned one that Foster put up there that. Um, Bingham really had to extend for the one Hogarth put up there to Gabe Brown for an and one dunk was right on the money. It was perfect. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I was down on him. Look, I be honest with you. I was not convinced with him as a recruit. I think it impacted the Jalen Terry recruitment, which I really wanted that kid. Um, you know, whatever it's, it's all water under the bridge. Uh, and I was not thrilled. I, I remember there were a lot of people who were fired up about Hogarth's minutes uh, early on this season, and I wasn't. I didn't think he was trustworthy. I'm, I'm beginning to come around. I think that he's showing enough that maybe you can trust him in small stints, even in Big Ten games. We'll see. Uh, but I thought this was a very impressive game. He hit a three. Um was aggressive going to the rim, which we've seen from him pretty consistently. And with his mm-hmm. body, he should be able to do damage there. And he, he held up okay defensively. Uh, and, that, again, that one pass he had to uh, to Brown was right on the money. It was beautiful. So plus he, game for him, for sure. He seems to have a, a little bit of a knack for rebounding, too. Yeah, yeah. Again, his his strength helps him and, and his bulk. He, he can create some space. Um, and hold people off. You know, if he goes to find somebody to check out on, they're going to get checked. Uh, but I agree with you. Mm. He, you know, I, I don't think, look, I don't want to get into, you know, 
comparing anybody to Denzel Valentine is a, a tall, tall order. But I do think he's a guy that potentially could do some of I mean, Aaron Henry is a guy who does that, right, who mm. does some of everything. Um, Hogard could be another guy like that, although Hogard is more of a guard than Aaron is. Mm. Um, you know, he's only 6'3", so he kind of has to be. But, yeah, uh, it, overall, really, really nice game for him. Uh, and then you got Sissoko. He had a little bit of garbage minutes, but eight minutes, but <laughs> six rebounds in eight minutes. He get, had uh, two really nice free throws. Um, yeah, you can see potential based on those. And I've noticed that earlier in the year when he's gone to the line. He looks he looks good. Uh, I think with him, you know, what I, what I can't tell yet is does he not have great hands? Or is it just that the game is still a little bit too fast for him? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to make that judgment prematurely because he struggles some to hold on to the ball. Uh, it would be a problem if his hands are not better than this mm-hmm. uh, with time. But I also think that you know he'll, he's got some time to, to improve that and to prove that it's, it's not bad hands, which I don't think really can be remedied very well. Mm-hmm. You kind of have that hand-eye coordination, or you don't. Um, but uh, but yeah, obviously potential with him. I, I think I think what we're seeing though is it's it's a tall order, in part because of where he's at, and in part because of the depth that Michigan State has. A number of guys who deserve a turn or two. That um, it's hard to envision him right now being a major factor uh, in Big Ten games, at least early on. I mean, this is a deal. Maybe he finds it and we start seeing him in February. But right now, you know, Julius Marble had some moments today, uh, offensively at least. Uh, You obviously have Hauser and Kethier starting. You got Hall who's going to play minutes at the post. And then you have Bainham, who certainly against certain opponents will need to play a role. That's a lot of guys. I just don't, don't see a reason right now that Maddie is giving you to say he should force ahead of any of those guys yet. It mm-hmm. might come, but it, it's not there right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I think you know, we touched on it a little bit, but anything else on Gabe? 18 minutes, 20 points. Great. Great. I mean, Gabe was obviously, you know, four for six from three is going to help whenever you're, whenever you're, uh, um, you shoot those kind of numbers, but he was three for three on twos. He was aggressive, and I like again. He was the only guy they had that I thought played that that runner role against the one three one with the kind of assertiveness that you need to. At least in the second half, he did. Um, you know, didn't do much of a rebound or only one rebound. Um, you know, really didn't make. Kind of, he had one steal. Didn't make a lot of contributions otherwise. But you know, twenty points is twenty points. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely proving, uh, right now, I would say, of their starters, you know, Gabe is the guy as a shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could trust Hauser. I think despite today, Rockets, obviously, a, a good shooter. Um, Langford, despite today, is a good shooter. But right now, if you had to, among their, their key, you know, top six guys, let's say, Who's the guy you most want taking a three in a big moment? It's Gabe Brown at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's kind of smoothed out the inconsistency that has been a part of his game, even going back to high school. 
and now he just looks consistent to me, which is a big deal. Uh, well, Rod, you look at the rebounding. Um, it was a, a, a major win for Michigan State, 46 to 18 total rebounds. They had something like 16 offensive rebounds. It was 52 to 20 with team 52. rebounds counted in. And, yeah, 20 to 3 on the offensive boards. Look, it, it's we said this is a game where you should – do the job. You should pound the opponent on the glass. But we've said that in some other games, and it hasn't happened. Uh, it happened today. Yeah. And they Oakland did, they, had they, no appetite to go after offensive rebounds. <laughs> no. And they and they look. They they had to because you know even even playing the way they were with trying to balance um, to balance that uh, Michigan State still had twenty one points in transition and again those numbers are suspect i think it was even more than that mm. if, if it was scored a little bit better um but yeah michigan state should have dominated they did dominate i'm happy to see that uh that's you know only giving up three offensive rebounds is good as you say some of it was the way that ou was playing but um still you got to you got to close out. You got to choke off possessions, and they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then poise. Um, fail, 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 fail. Yeah. Twelve turnovers in the first half. Total uh, failure. Yeah, I mean, eighteen turnovers, and I get it. They they are aggressive. They ball hawk. They're quick hands. I, I saw it all, and I've seen them do it in other games. But that doesn't matter. The standard is: what are you doing? And Michigan State committing 18 turnovers should not happen. Mm-hmm. It should not happen. I, I thought, you know, when they weren't kicking the ball around, and despite my complaints about the first half not really getting it inside as much, they did move the ball well. I mean, they ended up with, what did we have? So it was, I think it was 32, 32 assists six. on 39 made field goals. So that's that's the kind of basketball you expect to see against the zone. Um, so that's good, but, uh, yeah, just not good. Mm. Uh, deep shooting 15 for 37, 41%. Uh, I think yeah. that's the best I, we've seen so far. I think it is. Um, and, and you know, here's the thing for, I keep saying this, or at least recently I have for all the complaining that we've been doing about the shooting, um, the first half or not the first half, going into today, Michigan State was shooting 35% from three as a team. That's not terrible. Mm. It's not. You'd like it a little higher, but last year's team, for example, only shot 34 and change. So they were better even going into this game. They're a little better still after this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy mostly because you got a lot of guys involved. And if I look at it, Obviously, Gabe hit four, but then Foster had two. Hauser had two. Langford had two. Henry had two. Um, Hogard was one for one. Hall was one for one. So they got it from a lot of guys. Mm. Um, so that's that's encouraging to see. Uh, that a lot of guys, you know, Rocket really was at one for seven, was really the only guy that you'd say, boy, just didn't really have it today. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Aaron and Josh at two for seven each is not great, but it's not the end of the world, particularly for Aaron. I actually think that's progress because mm. he only had one made three total in the first five games coming into today. So he just doubled that um, just in today's game, tripled the season numbers. Uh, but I think that um, overall you have to be pretty happy about the way they shot it. We had said this team's going to give up looks. And when that happens, you need to make them. Yeah. And they did that. They did that well enough. I'd say that's a plus. And the, the free throw shooting is encouraging. 16 for 17, 94%. Uh, yeah. They've, they've done, you know, they've done a pretty good job anyway coming into the season. I mean, I can run it down. Coming into today, Aaron was at 77%. Langford 100%. Kithier 100%. Rocket 85%. Hauser 69 Hogard 67. Sissoko was only 20%, so he improved himself today. Malik Hall, 70%. Lawyer, 78%. Bainham, 100%. Um, and uh, Marble, 67%. So they've done a pretty good job as a team mm-hmm. um, shooting it anyway. But today, yeah, what did they with one miss? Marcus 17. Bainham, that's yeah. it. So pretty decent job in, in that department. Um, I think, uh, but I think that should be a strength for this team all year long. There's yeah, no there's... reason they shouldn't shoot the free throws, their free throws well. The only knock is you could say, are they getting there enough? And that's sometimes an issue with Tom Izzo teams. They don't tend to be teams that get to the line a ton. Um, Certainly this season, it's also been, I think, a product of playing in so many goddamn zones. <laughs> you just, you don't, it's a different kind of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. It saps some of your aggressiveness. And that's that's part of why, I, I, I certainly don't think it's a valid excuse, but I understand some of what happened today in the turnover department because they want to be aggressive and you just can't be. Yeah. At least not aggressive in the way they were trying to be. You know, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of stuff against man defenses, especially, you know, Aaron Henry has taken 18 free throws. So if he's averaging three free throw attempts a game, you'd like to see that number higher. Um, Rocket, it's uh, only 13 on the year. So he's at just a little over two per game. Those two guys are the guys that I think can get there a lot because, they look to take the ball to the rim on occasion. They're they're good at it. They should be able to draw contact more often. But against zones, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not as easy to do that. Uh, and then pace. Uh, you'd mentioned uh, the the points off of in transition. Um, yeah. Defensive glass worked well. Yep. Not bad. I, I thought they struggled a little bit with it early because they weren't getting stops. You know. And even Michigan State, who runs off makes, it's hard to get that going when you're not getting stops. And they got more stops as the game wore on, at least a little bit. I thought they did a pretty good job. This is a fast-paced game both ways. Not a surprise, because Oakland generally looks to play fast, and they did. They they played the way they normally play. They weren't trying to do anything out of the ordinary. Um, and... Uh, so that that led to a game that, at least if you like points, was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then rotation. Um, the bench <laughs> outscored the starters. They had 62 points off the bench. 
Um, yeah, it, you know, but that's the thing. People use that those bench points as some kind of indicator. With this Michigan State team, I don't think it means a hell of a lot because you've got guys. I mean, Gabe Brown obviously showed that today. Uh, Malik Hall is going to be a guy who's probably going to generally score a decent amount off the bench. Uh, you know, Boyer can have his days depending upon the opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I don't think that. Uh, I don't think it's really all that telling per se, except in this respect. Michigan State's got a lot of, and they touched on this a little bit in the broadcast, Michigan State's got a lot of guys that can hurt you. Yeah. You know, when you look at some of these teams around college basketball, and this year isn't unusual, it's often this way, most teams, you know, you dial into two, maybe three guys. They say those those are the guys that are going to do the bulk of the damage, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that about Michigan State because of their starters, four of the five guys, Kithier being the one exception, are guys that on any given night you could easily see 15, 20 points if they get things rolling, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. easily. And then off the bench, Gabe Brown can do that. Malik Hall is capable of doing that. Um you know, so there's a lot of guys. We've seen Julius Marble do it once this year. We've seen Lawyer do it. So they've got guys who make them tough to play because they're rolling so many bodies out there. Now, the question is going to be, as we, we talked about in the preview, how does this rotation solidify as we're moving forward, as we're going into Big Ten play, which we'll see. May or may not be their next game. Um you know, you would think it's going to shorten up. I would think that, you know, when I look at the minutes today for the starters, Aaron Henry had 28 minutes. I think that'll be higher. Langford had 22. That's probably around where you'd like to see him. Kithier at 11. That's probably about right. Watts only had 22 minutes. That will be higher. Mm-hmm. And Hauser had 25. That will be higher. So those guys will see their minutes go north. And then off the bench, Gabe played 18. I'd say that's about right. Malik Hall played 16. That's at least right. You might get more out of him than that. So at some point, this is going to tighten up. You know, when I look at Marcus Bainham with 10, Julius Marble with 6, how does that sort out? Will those two guys combine for 16 minutes in Big Ten play? I don't know. I don't think so, absent foul trouble, but we'll see. Foster Lawyer played 19 minutes today, and Hogard played seven. Some of that was foul trouble with Rocket Watts, but I don't think those numbers will be as high. So we're, we're going to start to see some sorting out, but I, I don't know that other than those, you know, let's call them educated guesses, I don't know that we're seeing everything solidified to the point, nor would I expect it, I guess, at this stage, where you'd say, well, okay, this guy is going to be slotted into this role game in, game out. Mm-hmm. You know, Other than, as I say, I know those starters are going to play more minutes in Big Ten games, other than Kithier. Um, you know, those, those guys, those four guys were all under 30 minutes. That's, that's just not going to be the case. I think those are all guys who ideally probably are about that. They're about 30-minute-a-game players. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, they don't have anybody this year, though. I will say this. Aaron Henry might be the one exception. You know, they don't have anybody like Cash 
and X last year, or really the last two years, where you kind of felt like they've got to be on the floor yeah, all the time, right? Yeah, like maybe one breather, <laughs> and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Rock is really important, really important, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. But, you know, I don't think he's he's not where Cash was, where he's that critical that, God, you can't survive if he's not out there. Um, Hauser, as important as he is, as good a player as he is, um, you know, I, I think they can they can get away, and they will get away with resting him some. I, I see him as probably a guy right around 30 minutes. You know, I'd have to go back and look, but I, my, my recollection is both X and Cash were probably closer to 35 yeah. last year. I don't think there's anybody. The one exception might be an Aaron Henry, but even there, I don't think it'll be quite that. And I only say that because he does so much of everything mm-hmm. for them and is their best defensive player. But anyway, so I don't know if we're getting any. I guess my that's a long-winded way of saying I don't know that we've got any more clarity, really, mm-hmm. on this. I think we know, as we said going in, in the preview, we know that top eight. The question is, they're, and they're probably looking at this team and looking at Izzo's history, I would say it's a fair guess to say there'll be a 10-man rotation. But the question is, who are those last two guys? You know, Brown, Lawyer, and Hall for sure off the bench. Who are those last two? Mm-hmm. You know, Marble, Bainham, Hogard, probably not Maddie in anything but, but um, you know, mop-up minutes at this point. Uh who are those guys? And I think it's going to change from game to game, I think is what I've concluded. I just don't think anybody's made a, a strong enough case, you know, to say, well, this guy has to get 12, 14 minutes a night. I don't think so. Mm. You know, I'm on that with the rest of that group. Now, maybe that will change. You know, A.J. Hogard is coming into the next game, whomever that's against, coming off a game where he played well. So might he see his role expand? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, unless they uh, get another guy on the schedule here, um, the next game we're looking at Sunday, uh, next Sunday against Northwestern. Right. Uh, yep. What do you think the odds are that, that, that they get another one in? It, you know, they, they talked about it as if they really wanted to do it. But, I mean, we're sitting here on Sunday, and I'll just do a quick – check as we're talking to make sure I haven't missed if they if they announced anything but um, you know I, I think that uh, I think that it's um, uh, questionable at this point you would have thought that they would have announced something mm-hmm. um, by now I thought that because that was announced I think that was Thursday or Friday that they that Izzo said they were looking for another game, you know, um, and I'm not seeing any indication that anything was said. Um, so I, who knows? I, I just, I guess, I guess I wouldn't feel really comfortable um, about that. Uh, you know, the idea that they're going to find a game. I had mentioned, I think, in our preview that. Central Michigan kind of made some sense based on availability and proximity and all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I, 
if if not, if this is it, then I think I think you judge it largely a successful non-conference. You know, they did play two high major ACC opponents. I'm not sure how great uh, Notre Dame or Duke, for that matter, are. I mean, Notre Dame just beat Kentucky, but I'm not sure that Kentucky is any good. <laughs> yeah. And Duke, Duke looks questionable right now. So I think that's, um, you know, but but regardless, they're high major opponents with real players and, and honestly, the best Michigan State has looked so far was in those two games. The four in-state mid-major opponents, they didn't look as good. So, And that's not unheard of for a Michigan State non-conference, mm. you know, that they kind of played at a level a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, they're healthy, so that's good news. I think we've seen that. I think Rocket Watts has proven on offense for sure that he's capable of handling the point for MSU. I've seen enough. He's not Cassius Winston, but he's capable. Um, Josh Langford's been healthy and productive. I think Joey Hauser has proved he is pretty much as advertised. Mm. And I think Aaron Henry, although the shooting's been a little off, uh, overall has taken a step up, as you hoped he would. So all those things that were kind of question marks we weren't certain of coming into the season, I think we've we've seen. I think in the areas of program staples, defense and rebounding, I don't think they've proven much yet. Yeah. I think offensively, other than the turnovers, which is a usual feature of Michigan State basketball, they've maybe been a little better than I thought. I mean, they're a pretty good offensive team. You know, they've shot the ball well. Again, even the, the criticisms from three, it hasn't been that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't looked at the, the numbers after today, but they're probably up as a team around 36%, 37% now. They came in at 35 so that's not bad. They've shot the ball well from two. They've shot the ball well at the line. Those things are good. Um, I've seen enough of the Big Ten that I haven't changed my mind yet about at least the levels. Maybe within the levels, it's changed a little bit. But, um, you know, Illinois got beat last night. They got two losses. Um, They beat Duke, like Michigan State did, in Durham. And at times, they look really, really good. But the the thing I, I worried about, two things, if I'm Brad Underwood. One is, up until last night, they were shooting 47% as a team from three well that's not going to keep up mm-hmm. it's just not now the only question is do they slip back to like a 40 percent team or do they slip harder than that don't know uh the second thing is i i don't know that they figured out whether they've got a lineup that can handle small ball missouri really hurt them last night with that i thought baylor killed them with that and it, it makes kofi coburn kind of hard to use at times, which is funny to say about a guy who was so dominant last year, but at times this season, you know what it's reminding me of? It's reminding me a lot of, if you remember, sophomore year Nick Ward. Uh There'd be all those discussions about, well, you can't play him defensively against these teams, And, and he was coming off a freshman year where they had no choice but to play him, and he put up really, really good numbers, 
And I think people thought he was, I thought he was maybe a little better than he was because the defensive end then started to show up when you had other options. Mm-hmm. So, that, but look, there's still a title threat. Wisconsin lost a tough game at the buzzer to Marquette. There, there's still a title threat. Iowa has, I'm just not on board. I know they're, and I'm watching, you know, I've got the game on as we're talking. They're, they're blowing out Northern Illinois, but that's the thing. They've only played one real team, North Carolina, and I'm not sure how real Carolina is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I st- I've still got the same issues, man. Uh, I watched them the other night against Iowa State, and they ended up winning it pretty easily, but most people would focus on the fact that they won a game pretty easily. I was locked in on the fact that they had to play zone. <laughs> and I just thought I just thought about Michigan State. I thought about Illinois. I thought about Wisconsin. I thought about Michigan, Ohio State, and I just thought and they the are not going to get those open three pointers. Yeah, in the Big Ten, you're going to give up looks, and when they have to play man, big surprise, their guards can't stop anybody. They're just their turnstiles. So that's why they had to play zone. They were struggling against Iowa State. So. I don't know, but I still think those four teams are clear-cut the best. And then that second group, Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, maybe Purdue, uh, maybe. That's a big maybe. Um, you know, they're that second tier. And then Rutgers is in between the two tiers. I think mm-hmm. Rutgers is pretty good. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be exciting. I, I don't know that Michigan State has put me in a frame of mind to say, oh, I clearly think they should be the favorite now. I don't think that. Yeah, my concern is especially we haven't really seen them tested in crunch time yet, and we've been able to rely on Cassius Winston hitting well, big shots for years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Overall, I agree with you. The U of D game, I think, kind of was a crunch time test. That game was tight, and yeah. if you remember, it got blown out a little bit at the end. But Rocket and Gabe Brown had to make plays in that game to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that did. one was that was the one that stayed competitive the longest. But generally speaking, you're right. Like Notre Dame and Duke, they had big leads that they kind of let go at the end. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that's it's a valid question in this sense for sure. In a tight situation, where do you look? Yeah, yeah. Because you, as you just identified, it's like well, we've had you know particularly the last two years of his career, Cassius Winston. Uh, Hard to say. I mean, part of me thinks that, you know, probably Rocket Watts is the guy that demeanor-wise and skill set-wise might be the guy who emerges. But, you know, Joey Hauser could be that. I mean, (laughs) that's the blessing and the curse of what we were talking about earlier where you say, well, you've got so many guys who can – who can on a given night really be productive, right? Mm-hmm. The curse of that is, okay, in a situation where you absolutely need a basket, who do you turn to? Again, the only game that even came close to that was U of D, and Rocket was a big part of it. So that's probably where I would go. How that turns out, or what I would expect. How that turns out, that's an open question. But yeah. that, that's kind of where I would lean at the moment. Um I think but yeah, I'd it's, like it's, uh, I'd like Aaron Henry drive into the hoop. <laughs> I, you know, in terms of what he can do, absolutely. But I, for I, I'm a fan in general of the way Aaron has played this year. Do not get me wrong. 
I think he's been pretty much everything I hoped he'd be with the exception of I thought he'd shoot a little better. But there's still time for that to come around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I don't know if he's been more aggressive this year for sure, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Rocket Watts, I never questioned his mentality. Yeah. Rocket Watts is going to have a day like today where he shot one for seven from three, and you know what that's going to be in the next game? Nothing. Mm-hmm. He's going <laughs> to shoot just like he did. I mean, he just doesn't care. Right, right. His mentality, that's what you need. Uh-huh. You know, you need him for those kind of situations. You need that. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting, but you, you do raise a valid concern which is in those moments, and you know in Big Ten games, those moments are going to happen mm-hmm. with some frequency, especially a Big Ten that's as deep as it is this year. I mean, I've seen teams, you know, Penn State, who we picked 13th, yeah, they just beat a ranked Virginia Tech team, blew them off the floor. And, and if they hadn't let a huge lead slip away in a game, uh, we'd be talking about them as a big surprise because they'd be unbeaten. Uh, but they're a team that will scare the hell out of you on the wrong night. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how deep it goes. Northwestern, who we'll see in the Big Ten opener, is an improved team. I'm not ready to say that I wouldn't feel very, very badly if Michigan State lost to them. But they're better. Mm-hmm. And so you, you night in, night out, yeah, you, you've always got a chance of being in that kind of situation. And how does this MSU team handle it? It's an open question until we see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Is this a better Big Ten than last year, do you think, at this point? Um, too early to tell. I mm-hmm. think at the bottom end it's better. I think that Northwestern, Nebraska – if Penn State is, in fact, in that group and Minnesota, those were my bottom four to start the year, I think that's a better bottom four than, than there was a year ago. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you'll see somebody like Nebraska with a one or two losses this year. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're, wins, those, those sorry, teams are just strike me as much more dangerous. Yeah. I don't, you know, at the top, I think it's got the potential to be very, very good, but you know, last year when the when the season ended, I thought there were two teams that could legitimately say they had Final Four hopes: Michigan State and Maryland. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Wisconsin was quite that caliber last year, despite tying for the Big Ten title. And I don't think Illinois was ready to make that kind of move. Does this group of top four, in theory, all four of those teams would be teams that you'd say, well, it wouldn't be shocking if they made a Final Four, but does it turn out that way as we go through Big Ten play? Or does somebody rise from that middle pack mm-hmm. and, uh, and and get into that conversation? Or does Rutgers, who I always I have a tendency to forget about them because I've got them slotted in this level of one between the top four and that middle group. But, hey, Rutgers could belong in that top group when it's all said and done. I've seen mm-hmm. them play a few times this year. And, you know, it's the same old, same old. They check you. They rebound and they're getting better offensively. So, and, and at least from like the net standpoint, the Big Ten is has done well enough to where you'd think that as you go throughout the Big Ten season, it's just going to be going to build on itself, kind of like last year, where every it should. game you just playing. It, it should, and they should get you know the league should get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to seeding time. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. This year, that that challenge meant more than it normally does yeah because there just aren't as many games where 
high majors are playing high majors, and that's really where your bones can get made in terms of how you sit uh, in terms of the net or Ken Palm or any other metric system. So, um, yeah, I, you you would think so. You would think that Big Ten teams will be well positioned to uh, to get favorable seating, and then we'll just have to see how it goes. But I, yeah, I think to answer your question. I think it's still a little too early to tell because I thought the Big Ten last year was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it's been great the last couple years running, really. And um, and this year I think the depth is clearly there. Whether the top end is, we're going to have to see. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, Oakland post game uh, Until, well, maybe middle of this week. But yeah. if not, we'll have a, a preview up for Northwestern. Uh, as we get closer. Until then, the Final Four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.